Hey, Dan Talks listeners, welcome to another episode of Dan Talks. This week, I'm talking to a fellow member of the gay community named Ryan, who I found on Instagram. Ryan lives in Toronto and is one of those beautiful men that gets pushed to your For You page if you're somebody like me. Uh, What I did not expect, however, was that Ryan also has a lot of what he calls life chats on his Instagram page, uh, where he does these reels where he riffs on mostly gay life. And so I knew he would be down for a really interesting conversation. And I was so happy that he accepted my invitation to come on Dan Talks. So without further ado, here is the fabulous Ryan. Okay, Ryan, you're hot. What's your problem? (laughs) What do you mean by that? (laughs) I mean, your Instagram is the sort of classic hot white gay man with a lot of hot white gay friends. I mean, they're not all white, but they are all hot. I don't know. I don't know that that's like the way I would classify myself or my Instagram. I think there's like pieces of that for sure. Um, But I also really try to include like other pieces of content and just like just different things that I'm like dealing with myself, different things that I want other people's perspectives on. Um, So I try to like include, you know, different types of content in that way but that's interesting that that's how you mainly perceive it well and i should clarify that's to me it's the grit like the photos are very pretty photos and then your reels are you doing your life talks which are usually like you have a shirt on and then you're like talking about gay life yeah yeah which i think is like a kind of a fun contrast in a sense like um because i do hear that often that you know like one side can seem more superficial and then the other is like not as superficial. But I think that's kind of an interesting contrast because the people who like really know me or like really will kind of stick around, start to see, you know, a bit past the superficial part that it might seem at first, which I think is important as well. Mm -hmm. What is the thing that like, when you're doing the life talks, what makes you say, yes, I definitely want to like, I need to like, I need to riff on this. Is it just like something happens in that day or like you're in a certain stage of life and you're like, I know other people are going through this too. Yeah, that's a good question. I would say there's a mix. I, some of it is uh, I have just like a large list of notes on my phone where when things pop into my head throughout the day or things that I've kind of gone through, um I'll like write them down and I'll kind of go back to them and see like which ones actually would be interesting or something that I think other people might have an opinion on or be going through as well so there's that side of it and then sometimes there are ones that uh pop into my head into like a specific on a a specific day and I'm and I just kind of film it right then and there when it's kind of fresh in my mind um but I usually like to pick and choose a bit because I I also want to be careful of exactly how I word certain things because people really can misinterpret if you word something wrong for sure. One of my favorites is the one you do about um, like gays like why do gays think that getting hotter will solve all their problems? Yeah yeah that one is interesting like there was definitely a lot of back and forth in terms of like negative and positive comments because uh, it can be like a polarizing topic for sure. 
but something that that I've seen a lot in like my friends, something that I've experienced as well um, in terms of just, you know, growing up in the gay world and kind of feeling like you don't really fit in and things like that. And you're like, oh, well, if I go to the gym or if I do this to make myself look better, maybe like I'll be more accepted or like more popular and that'll make me happier. Um, but the point of it was that a lot of that it's kind of like a fantasy in a sense. Like you you think it'll like give you all these things, but <laughs> that's not always the case. It's, it's like a fantasy that it'll then be like rosy and great, but it's not, it's a reality that if you're not super hot, then you don't get treated as well. Yeah, and that and that is kind of like a sad part about a lot of the gay community, the way it is today is that it is very superficial. Um, and so I think that was where a lot of other people were coming from when they would comment to say like, well, if you are more attractive, then a lot of things are easier. And I'm not saying that that, that isn't true to some extent, but I think what people think it will make easier isn't exactly what would happen. Like, sure, a lot of people might be nicer to you or they like come up to talk to you more and like, that's great, but you're able to make very superficial friendships or like acquaintances a lot easier, but making like any kind of deeper connections might even be harder in a sense. So certain things people, yeah, they don't quite perceive to be the thing that will get easier in a sense. Yeah. And it also doesn't like solve the problem of the self. Exactly. Yeah. And you're just kind of always like, striving for that next thing will like because you're never going to be satisfied with how you look if that's the way that you're thinking about it when you mentioned the gay community what does that even look like today like what do you mean by the gay community yeah that's a good question um i think it there's so many different facets of it like it really depends on what crowd you associate yourself with or hang out with because there are so many different types of people like not, not even just the gay community but people have different interests you know there are a lot of people in the gay community who enjoy going out partying every weekend there's a lot who enjoy going to the gym there's a lot who don't enjoy those things and they just want to do more like <clears throat> social gatherings at home with like a few friends like and I think those are the things we have to recognize too, is that while what's thrown in our faces a lot is the party lifestyle and like, and just going out all the time and that kind of life, that's that's not the way a lot of other gays want to live as well. And there's so many different kinds of people. So I try to see it that way, that there's different facets of it and not just like the stereotypical side of it. And so much of it depends on where you live. That's very true as well. Yeah. Like if you're, it's very different if you're in a city versus like out in the countryside or somewhere that's not as populated. I think there's one video where I talk about that as well, or make a joke about how as a gay person, you're almost forced to live in a city and like spend all of your money to be close to other gay people. Because if you go live out, in like the country or in the boonies you might be you might have less anxiety but you won't get to meet very many people at all um it 
how expensive is it? it and, and I don't mean just like living expenses because I used to live in New York, which I can't help but mention at any chance I get. But like the gay lifestyle of like, we're talking airfare. We're talking one sixth of a very nice Airbnb, like out to brunch and dinner and drinks. Like the gay bill adds up quickly, doesn't it? I I would agree, yeah. But on the other side, I think gays have a bit of an advantage because many of us typically don't have, you know, a family to support or like children. Like that is less common. And so any and we're often always very driven in terms of career because whether it's from a level of like overcompensating or something where we want to like strive, <clears throat> excuse me, for more and more we often are pretty successful as well. And all that money just goes back to us. But at the same time, there are a lot of things that are expensive to be gay, whether it is with travel or where you're going to live in a city. And Toronto has definitely become one of the most expensive cities for sure. Do you think there's a correlation between, because like when you improve your body so much or like you work out so much and then you're like, well, this doesn't solve all my problems. Is there a similar trajectory with like moving up in your career and like you finally make hundred thousand dollars you finally make whatever and then you're like well i'm still the same person i still haven't solved xyz yeah i mean i'm i'm certainly not a mental health professional but in my experience um <laughs> i'm more of a patient that, myself <laughs> <laughs> that's been like very common for me in terms of thinking like you know you grow up in your teenage years and you're trying to figure out all of this side to you and like whether you're coming out or you're just working through a lot of things involved with coming out and that leads to often trying to strive for these different areas because you feel like maybe you're like a disappointment to your family or you're disappointed in yourself or something and so you're like well then I'm gonna have this great career and make all this money or I'm gonna make myself more attractive or I'm gonna do this and that and so I think in a sense, you have to find a balance of that can be very motivating as well. Like you want to have that bit of motivation, but you don't want it to like consume you where you're always just like, oh, I have to get to that like next level and then I'll be happy. Or right? once I get to this amount of money, then I'll be happy. Like that's not the way you want to think about it. But everyone kind of has to go through that to realize that for themselves. Where where do you feel like you're at in terms of satisfaction with your body, your career, and your relationships? I feel like I, I'm definitely in the best place now that I've ever been. I think it's definitely, there's always been ups and downs, but the trend has always been like slowly moving up. And it's definitely taken a lot of work and a lot of just like trial and error, like even just who you surround yourself with, like trying um, just meeting different people and seeing like what kind of friend groups really work well for you. What kind of jobs do you like? Because for me, it's taken me a bit of time to figure out like a career path that I really enjoy and don't just tolerate. So a lot of trial and error over my 20s. But now I feel like I'm finally like in a good place. Yeah. And do you have a boyfriend? Not at the moment, no. Do you want a boyfriend? I, I'm recently single. So at the moment, I'm like happy to just stay single for 
some time. And I think it's good to just like take time to really process everything and like um, focus on yourself for a bit before jumping into anything else. Was it long-term? Yeah, we were together for about three years. Yeah, up when... until this fall. Oh, okay. And so it's sort of like new chapter for you. In a sense, yeah. Like it's only been, I guess, about like four months, I guess. And I've been away from Toronto for a bit of time as well, just to kind of collect myself and kind of um, just, uh, yeah, just kind of like figure out kind of the next steps for me and things like that. But you'll be single and mingling this summer. <laughs> we'll see, probably. I have I have a few other friends who are also newly single. So all of us, I'm sure, will band together and make a fun summer out of it. Does getting married, is, is being married a thing that you want? That That's always been a good question. I think, I think marriage is something that I've always thought of as something I'd be open to, but hasn't always been something that I was like, I, I need to have that. Like, I, I like the idea of some kind of long-term commitment in that sense, but it doesn't mean it has to be marriage itself. But I know that that varies among different people in the community for sure. You would take a promise ring? I don't know if I would say a promise <laughs> ring, but I'm saying... There's other like legal ways of tying yourselves together without it being like marriage specifically. You would buy a beautiful home with a beautiful man that you loved and would want to be together forever. Yeah, I, I could do stuff like that. And uh, so I'd, I'd be open to it, but also wasn't something that I thought I needed to be happy in life or something. With like, I'm just thinking, I've never had like the friend group or enough money which either one of those you need to go on these fabulous trips. Well, I guess sometimes you don't need the money. Sometimes you just need the friends, but to go on these fabulous trips to Puerto Vallarta or like any, have you been there? I don't want to profile. I actually haven't been there yet, wow. but a lot of people do go. Check myself before I wreck myself. But you have been on fabulous trips though. Um, maybe like more recently, but in the last few years, especially with COVID, I really haven't like, like I recently was in Miami, but before that have really not done a ton of trips. Like anything okay. on my Instagram is spread over like a number of years, I would okay. say. Cause I always wonder like, did those guys, do they, are they just like living their best life that, for their entire life? Like, or do they want to are, are some of them married and some of them are chronically single, just like everyone else? Like, is it really like a cross section or is there a trend? <laughs> yeah, I, I've wondered that too. I wouldn't say I'm the best person to know, but I've also <laughs> had questions on like, there's some people I follow on Instagram that it just seems like they're on another trip or at another event. And, um, and you're just like, how do they do this all the time? Uh, so yeah, I, I would have the same questions for them. And do you ever fantasize about like living in a cottage by the, like what are the Hamptons of Canada? That's a good question. I, I'm sure it's kind of like similar to, or near Toronto, there's like Muskoka area, but it's mm -hmm. much more like cottage country mm -hmm. type thing. Yeah. And do you ever think about like, I'm going to leave the city, like I'm just going to find my man, leave the city and like live a quiet life? Definitely. I think everyone kind of thinks about that because the cities just become so there. <laughs> overwhelming at times. And you're kind of like, I just want to run away or I just want to leave. Um, 
but it is hard because the, like the cities are where you would make your friends or where you would meet people and but traveling does help with that too so I think that is a reason why we do see a lot of gays like traveling because it's so easy to meet other gays when you travel and and uh, then you know people all over the world too. Have you ever been to the gay cruise? I actually have not, no, but I do see like the videos of it all the time from the people that I follow as well. Have you? No, I haven't, but I mostly because I don't think I could pull off the outfits or again, pay for it. But <laughs> like to me, it's it look, and also I have a boyfriend now. I think if I was single and I had a lot of money I didn't know what to do with and friends that I didn't want to sleep yeah. with that I could go, then I would do like if I had friends I could debrief in the morning go out with at night yeah. and then debrief in the morning again, I would. But that's the only way. Because otherwise, I don't know, it just seems both super fun and super exhausting. I think that's the key too, is is the friend group that you go with. And I think that's that was especially true on like the recent trip I went on was we had a great time because the group that we had all worked so well together and got along so well. And so that's really the key whether you have the money to go on these big trips or just do like a small trip it's really about who you go with that makes it really fun what stage of are, are you in your 30s now i just turned 30 in february wow congratulations yeah the yeah, gay 50 yeah yeah i know am i even alive anymore i don't know <laughs> do you have a funeral themed birthday party <laughs> I did not, but I, I have had some friends who have done that, yeah. So gay at 30, what's the what's your take? You've made it. Yeah, I it's so funny. I think I've mentioned this in other videos as well, that um it it definitely doesn't feel like 30. And I'm sure everyone experiences this where like when you're 20, 30 seems like so far away and so old, and you're like, you think you'll be in such a great place like so secure and you'll have everything figured out in life and you get there and that's definitely not the case so I would want everyone else to understand that in their early 20s that you're not going to feel like you have everything set at 30 and especially for gay people I feel like we kind of get started a bit late like whether you come out in like your mid-20s or something you kind of start over you have to kind of go through figuring yourself out all over again, figuring out what the dating world is like. You're almost like back in high school in a sense. And so when you turn 30, it's almost like you're turning 20 mentally because you're really just starting to get into everything. And when did you come out? I, I was about, I was like 22 with my family. Yeah. And then earlier with like close friends but family was like 22 yeah that was around me too I was I think 20 20 just turned 21 yeah that's kind of late nowadays don't you think I feel like nowadays maybe with Gen Z who seem to be so quick to, come, to come out, out as straight like, now yeah exactly yeah the default is gay now yeah. and you have to come out as straight um but but I think it's common, it was common for us, especially to wait until like after high school was over, which then would be around 20. And did you like, did you enjoy your first foray into the gay world or was it really scary and took some time? Like, was it rainbows and butterflies? 
I wouldn't say it was all rainbows and butterflies. I would say it was a bit of a slow burn for me where I like slowly introduced myself to different parts of gay life and just like experiencing different things because I lived in Ottawa at the time, which is like a very quiet city. It's not like Toronto where there's like a big nightlife and everything. And so I was still living at home. And so it wasn't like I was going out and like meeting tons of people when I slowly started to make different gay friends who then I could go to like Montreal or Toronto with and like experience different things or people that were a bit older than me who kind of like showed me the ropes in different ways. Then I started to see more about what was going on, I guess. Yeah. And was this most recent boyfriend the most serious boyfriend so far? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And what'd you learn? What did I learn? Oh, that's a big question. Um, definitely learned, I definitely learned how, how much relationships have like up and down periods and just how, I know it sounds cliche, but how important the communication side is. I thought that was something we were always really good at was just being able to talk with each other, whether it was about good things, whether it was about something like on our minds that needed to be addressed. So I would say those are the main aspects and that, yeah, it's not always just going to be like this, like high intensity, like fire burning feeling all the time. What do you mean by we thought we had good communication, but really we didn't? Oh, I don't mean it like that at all. I mean okay. that we actually did have really good communication okay. in that sense. <laughs> and you communicated, that... we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not like that at all. I think, actually, that that, that brings up another good point is that um, in terms of like the mental health side, your, your partner is like not really responsible for your mental health in a sense. And so I felt like I also had a lot of things I was dealing with just personally. And both of us, like both people always have things that they're dealing with personally in their own life and like in terms of their own mental health. And it's really up to you to deal with that. Like you can't expect your partner to be the one to like fix your mental health or like be your personal therapist or something. And so, so I think for me, that was like something that made it difficult because I would often be like struggling with things on my own and things like that. Do you think it'll be hard or easy to find someone else to like get in a relationship with? Are you like, oh yeah, if I decide then I can like, do you have a sense of like how much opportunity is out there or not? Like, yeah, I can get a date, but I don't know about a boyfriend. Like, like, I don't know who's yeah. gonna, like, no one feels like they're worth my time versus like, oh, I'm just not ready. Like, I see what you mean. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a tricky balance where, I think for me personally, I've never really looked at relationships as something that I need to have. Like I've only had maybe like a couple or like a few boyfriends over my 20s and um, only like the one like really serious long-term three-year relationship. So I've often just been very focused on myself a lot, which can sound selfish, but especially in my 20s, just trying to figure out a lot of different parts of myself and parts of the gay community. Um, 
it wasn't always my focus to like get into like a serious relationship just because I knew I had a lot of things to work through on my own. So I think it's definitely an option when I want it to be in a sense, but at the same time, I can be very picky because I don't really need a relationship to be a thing for in my life. What are the things you're still working through? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think it's hard to that you want to share one. on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I think it's hard to pick just one thing. But I think um, I've had a a therapist since about um, the end of like the summer, so like this fall around that time, and just working through all different kinds of things, like even things that I've told him, just saying like there's probably things that I don't even recognize in myself right now that are just preconceived things or thoughts that I've um, built up in my head that I don't even realize are there just because of how I've grown up and things like that. And so just kind of getting to work through all those things, whether it's a level of shame around the gay community or just like coming out, whether it's just the way that I think about things, whether it's anxiety and like, why do I get anxious by it from all these things? Um, just all kinds of stuff. So yeah, it's hard to pinpoint just one. And, um, and you don't share these on the first date. All these issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, no. because they're relatable, but it's also like, uh, you know, do you, do you find that other gay men are going are like is everyone in therapy now quote unquote or is it really like still a minority of people who are addressing these things in the gay community i think more people are but it's also not a cheap thing to get to do like it's expensive and i only really am able to do it because um because of my job like my work basically pays for it so if you're fortunate enough to have that then I think it's a good idea to do and you're seeing more and more people do it. And I do think that everyone that is gay, if you can do it, you should just because as as great as you think things might be going or that you you feel like you're totally fine, I'm sure there are things that have kind of affected you over your life. What is the advice to the baby gays? Yeah, advice to the baby gays. I would say, yeah, don't be don't be afraid to explore everything. Like just you want to be exposed to all different aspects of like what the gay world has. Like certainly only experience things that you're comfortable with, but get a good group of friends around you, like even just like one or two really close friends and just get to like explore whatever you can because that's how you're going to learn what you like, what you don't like, what's like too much for you, what's not. Um, and that that's true for whether it's like the gay world or for career or for anything else, I would say. And my last question, this is Ryan at 30. Where's Ryan at 60 and 90? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I hope that at like 60, I'm already retired and have just like made all this money and can now just chill and not do much, get to travel, see friends and things like that. 90, I hope I'm still alive. Um, but 
yeah, I hope by then I'm just settled and I hope I actually have a dog by then because I've never had a dog. And I've said that I only could get one when I'm retired because I can't handle one now. So I hope that by then like, I have a dog just like lounging around too. Thank you so much for coming on, Ryan. Yeah, thanks so much, Dan. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk again soon.